0: hi and welcome back to spatulas and speculations i am your unofficial professor lily or as you may more commonly know me as a happy hermit all one word on tiktok and on instagram and this is sjm 101 but more importantly this oh my goodness one year of spatulas and speculations can you even believe it (laughs) Oh my goodness, I am feeling so many feelings. I am having so many thoughts. Um, it seems wild to me that there's only been like... It's it's only 52 episodes and yet that is a whole year. It doesn't... I don't... It's, it's wild to me. Um, and today we are going to be doing a year in review. I feel like at the end of the year... Um, in schools and in classes, you do you know a big final, or you go back through all the stuff that you learned and just kind of like review it all. And that's what we're going to be doing in this episode. So if you're not into that, I respect that. I respect it. Um, but we're going to be going back through like you know just everything that we talked about, like timeline stuff. Just going back through some dust court things. Just kind of like tidying up what we went through this past year and kind of setting us up for the next step which we'll talk about later so with that being said there will be SJM universe spoilers um there will be podcast spoilers (laughs) this if this is your first time listening this probably shouldn't be I would go back through find somewhere else um and yeah we're just gonna kind of um reminisce and go through I've learned a lot um this podcast has made me learn a lot. I've grown a lot through this community, and I just feel like it's a really good way to... a good way to go back and just kind of... I don't know. Like I said, it's kind of like, you know, how the end is, uh, of classes you just have a final, and that's what I want to do with this episode. I was going to do it quiz style, but I decided against that. We're just going to go back through and review stuff. And then on my Instagram not on Tuesday but on Wednesday that this podcast comes out so the 2nd of August I will be doing a pop quiz well I'm telling you that I'm I'm cheating that's how I would be if I was an actual teacher I would tell you when there was a pop quiz before there was a pop quiz so you guys could study up but we are going to be doing a pop quiz on my Instagram stories and I just for you know just to make it fun and um so there's that so we're going to go through and review everything but there will be a quiz on my Instagram story if you're interested in playing along and seeing what you've retained. Um, Because there's a lot of information, you know, 15 books. You know, we, I started this podcast, I I published the first episode on the 10-year anniversary of the first Throne of Glass book. So we are 10 years of information, 15 books to go through, And one gigantic ending that was House of Sky and Breath. And that's what this podcast was. It was just for us to deep dive into everything SJM in a more um, drawn out, slowed down than the TikTok, which I have seen that people, they, they got feelings about how the podcast is a little bit and chaotic, which I think is hilarious because I feel like the TikTok is more chaotic than the podcast, but who am I to say what is chaos when I am the center of both chaotic thoughts? <laughs> so I just wanna I, I, I don't know how this episode is gonna go. I have I have my notes from all the, the the episodes. I have another set of notes next to me. Um we're just gonna go through it. And I'm kind of excited because sometimes it's it's easy To start to forget things as time goes on, especially when we have so much information. And this was kind of fun for me to like go back through and and refresh on the timeline and and center more my thoughts back to what started this, because it's so easy to get off track, especially in our fandom. It's so easy. I mean, we're we're surrounded by hot men and badass women and spicy scenes that it's kind of easy to forget. Well, not forget, because it's all important. It's all fun. Um, but it's, it's hard to go like, oh yeah, I forgot. We have this humongous insanity that Sarah has thrown at us. Um, and we, we should try and dig up as much as we can and sort out as much as we can before she starts throwing out more things. Because the reason why I start this podcast other than as I had said, it was to just delve in deeper and more long drawn out and all that stuff was because one of the things that Sarah had said about um, House of Flame and Shadow was that it was going to be nonstop reveals, and I wanted to be prepared for that. I wanted to like if she's going to throw me out nonstop reveals, and then I want to have the highest impact for those nonstop reveals. Like I want to be able to like <gasps> like oh my goodness, she's, she's doing that, she's doing this. And I want to be able to have that fully like delved understanding of everything that she wants to throw at me. Like I want to be able to catch it all. I want to pick up what Sarah's putting down. And that's what this podcast was, is, was, and is. And we've done a year of that and we've gotten off track and we've, we've screamed her name and we've asked questions. And you know, for me, it feels like I'm just talking to my friend's you know i i record on my bed currently still and it just feels like i'm sitting down i always have a drink with me and you know you're on my bed with me and we're just like talking about these books that we love and i know a lot of other people feel the same way that it's like we're just friends chatting and that's you know this is the, the, this is it that that's all I, like I, i'm feeling so many feel like i almost feel like crying because I've worked so hard and you guys have come with me and I have all of these people that I adore and who adore me, which is so bizarre. And it just like, it makes me really emotional this. I'm, I'm, I don't <laughs> All right. Let's, let's go from the beginning. Let's start at the beginning and we'll work our way all the way back to where we last left off, which was partial, which was Parthos. And the first place that we started was my very first, my very favorite, my very first theory was Starfall. And, well, the Starfall theory. And the Starfall theory comes from canon. Reese says to Feyre, the first time she sees Starfall, she's like, they're not stars at all. And he goes, no, they're souls on a yearly migration to somewhere. And one of the key pieces of information, other than the fact that they're souls, is that there have been less and less throughout the recurring years. And that would be nothing except for the stuff that we learn in Crescent City. And in Crescent City, we learn that magic has been fading over the years. And we learn that the souls that are going to the dead realm in Crescent City, they they only go to the dead realm if they have magic or you know, even lessers don't typically go to the dead realm. But just if they have magic. And if magic is fading less and less every year, then there will be less souls every year going back through to be eaten, right? So we have these two pieces of information. And between the two books, we can kind of infer that one and the other must tie together. On top of the fact that, you know, Amrin doesn't enjoy Starfall. She doesn't celebrate it because there's something about it that disturbs her. What would disturb her is if people were eating souls. <laughs> um, And that's where we started. That's where everything started for me. I mean, I don't know about, I don't know where you guys started. I don't know what, what was that moment, you know, House of Sky and Breath, last chapter, holy shit, excuse my language, Um, Bryce is in Perithian. Bryce is talking to resand. Her and Nesta are breathing the same air. Asriel uh, held her in his arms and flew her across (laughs) Belarus. Like, okay, after that moment, what was that like? (gasps) Oh my goodness, this makes sense to me now. And for me, it was Starfall and it was the prison because I felt like the prison was just, like, one of those things that Sarah had kind of kept bringing everybody back to, like, kind of always in the back of, you know, her writing in Agatha, everything kind of always fell back into the prison, and I was like, what is she trying to pull me here to? Why do we keep going back to this creepy prison? And now it all makes sense, because as we did in the next few episodes, was that the dust court, while it hasn't been canonly confirmed, every piece of information we have on it, is the prison. It was a small isles off the coast of the mainland, as Regulus says, and it lived in near permanent twilight. It was its own, it was its own, well, it wasn't a court because they didn't have courts then, but it was the predecessor to the courts. And through the information that we kind of bounce back through into Akatar is that the first high king had a queen and she was the queen of her, she, she had her own territory that she ruled, which kind of corroborates what Regulus was saying, that the, the starborn fae lived on their own uh, um, land. Thea was the starborn queen. Those two pieces of information go with each other. Where was that territory? Well, it could have been Hyburn except for the fact that Multiple times throughout Akatar and again in Akasif, so it happens in Akasif, so it's probably hinting us towards the uh, crossover. Is that the prison is considered an eighth court? And so we have this um, theory that there were eight courts, and now with House of Sky and Breath in chapter 73, Regulus says, Yes, there was another area where Fay lived, and the Starborn lived together on their own island. And so that was that moment for me. I don't know what it was for you guys. I'd love to know what was your moment. I, I even if you just tell me as you're listening like back through right here. I'll I'll be patient and wait for th- these thoughts to come to me in the ether, like we're demeti or something. And yeah, so that was that for me. It was the Dust Court and then it was Starfall and then um I think it might have been an alias as as Hunt's dad, which we actually have not talked about on this podcast yet. I'm gonna put an asterisk there, yet, because there's a lot of stuff about Hunt that I wanna talk about, and I think he's probably gonna get his own character deep dive coming up this coming year, or this coming season. So, season two. The things that we've talked about on this podcast, you know, from theory, between the theory of the Dusk Court and with the Starfall Souls, is we ended up learning and deep diving in to the Akatar crescent City timeline. This podcast has mainly focused between Akatar and Crescent City, um, and because we can draw so many parallels between the two, and we can kind of corroborate... I keep saying that word, and it keeps sounding really weird in my mouth. Cor- <laughs> now I can't even say it again, because now my mouth is turning into mush. But we can you know, with what information we get in Crescent City, we can parallel it directly with information we get in Akatar. And I love that. That's the, that's the kind of stuff that makes me, like, I, I get chills, I get tingly, I want to scream Sarah's name, it makes my mouth turn into this big wide grin, is like, okay, we get this information from Regulus, and we can see the information confirmed with Reese and we get more information between the two and we can kind of mush them together and create this like bigger picture. Now, the thing with that I my favorite metaphor when it comes to Sarah J Maas and to, to to come from the post Hosab universe that we live in now is that we are we were given all these pieces to a puzzle, but we're missing the the border the border pieces, this the the straight edges and we only have pieces of the middle, and we're not even working with the picture. Like we don't have the the box knit with us, and all of the pieces are flipped upside down, and we can't turn them over. So like, yeah, these pieces could fit together, but they also could fit in other places. And that's what the great thing about theory is: is like, we're all just trying to fit these pieces together, and like, I might fit them together in one place, you might fit them in together in another place, but there are some pieces that we like have fit together and we're like, okay, these all have to come together. And that is what we can see with the timeline between Th- Crescent City and in Akatar that happened 15,000 years ago. The events of which, the 15,000 years events, I think if there's anything that you're going to remember, anything that you should go back and just spend most of your time trying to keep in the back of your mind, keep in your arsenal, be able to know just right away what Sarah's talking about, I think is the timeline and the things that happened 15,000 years ago between the information we get in ACTAR and the information we get, especially in HOSAP. And the reason for that is, the reason why I think if there's anything you should be able to mouth back at me is this timeline that we're going to go back through really quickly um is because it's one of the most important things that gets talked about throughout Crescent City continuously almost I I want to say like a good 75 percent of the stuff we learn in Crescent City is ancient history or about people that were around in ancient history like the princes of hell the Asteri the events of the Starborn, the Crystallis, like, all of that stuff. Bryce is a history major. She worked in antiquities. Like, history is a crucial piece of information. And if Bryce, who is a history major, who loves the history knows all this stuff, then we should know it as well so that when she's uncovering more and when more things about history get talked about, we can be like, okay, I know exactly where Sarah, Sarah is stepping off from because she's mentioned it here. Or, okay, I know who this character is because they're brought up again through here. I just think that the the history is going to be incredibly important, not only to Hofas, but I feel like if we're ever going to get another series from sarah i i want it to be a prequel and i feel like all of this stuff that she's kind of left for us is like pieces to that basically because she said she she wants to tell the stories that happened and i think that she probably already has at least first drafts written in it just because that's what she's basically said herself um so yeah, I feel like the timeline is just one of those things that I, I get so excited to continuously talk about because no matter how many times I go back through it, I'm picking up, as always with Sarah J Mass. I'm picking up more things. I'm questioning more things since I've, you know, gone through most of the SJM universe aside from HOSAP, still have only heard it one time, shh, um, I'm learning to be like, okay, but what about this? When did Feen f- f- and die? Was it before the rifts? Was it after the rifts were open? Like, there's so many questions. How long was Thea um fighting the fight between the Asteri? Did she die um, you know, long after? Like it it's just there's so many questions. And I feel like because Sarah said herself that How Fast is gonna be nonstop reveals, that this kind of stuff is gonna be really important. So before we, like, go back into the depths of timeline, I just want to, like, reiterate that, yes, Rhi says some strains of mythology, so some pieces could be wrong, and yes, Rigelus likes to lie, or he probably lies, who knows? We know that Apollyon has an agenda, we know Aedas has an agenda, so, like, where's the grain of truth? Well, I think the grains of truth can be found when the pieces of information line up, and also, I feel like if there's any person to listen to it's the bone carver. And not just because of a huge, massive crush on him, but because he is the truth god, in my opinion. I forget that that's not canon. <laughs> um, but Yorish never lied to him, and he likes to give out information. So we learn from him that the cauldron was once in the wrong hands. And, I mean, wrong hands, I guess, could be asterisk of what side was he on when it came into the wrong hands. But when it was in the wrong hands, I would like to say that's probably the Daglan, um, things were made. We learn that the Daglan, the Assyrius siblings, had created a fearsome race of warriors, which were the, how does he say it? He says directly it, the prototypes to the angels they have on Midgard. So I think that's the Illyrians, and we can kind of see that information line up when he says that ancient race that his siblings created sided with the fae one of the fae who started i think he did start it start the revolution start the rise up against the daglin was oh i don't want to say his name i hate saying his name finn i want to say it's finn i feel like that's still wrong i don't know he started to rise up we learned the fae did steal back the cauldron from whoever had it that created terrible things the wrong hands and when they took it back, they took an already-made Gwydion and dipped it into the cauldron. Finn rises up with the, the freshly-made Gwydion to help overthrow and, and... They say slay, um, uh, what is... It? He says, the regular... Rigulus says that they slew my siblings, but in Perithian history, it just says that they overthrew them, and at the time of that all of this is happening... I feel like I'm sounding insane right now. I, I'm like, there's just so many pieces happening. There, there's so many moving pieces. Um, Anelius is fighting for three days on the top of Ramil, trying to keep the enemy from reaching the top where the monolith is, the magical monolith that's on top of Ramil, And they are waiting for the Fae allies, which lines up with what Regulus says, the fearsome warriors sided with the Fae. Mm. Mm-hmm and then once the daglin are seemingly gone slain imprisoned kicked out of the planet who knows what happened to them like we really like we have no information on perithian side and ridgelus just says that they were slain but like again we don't have any confirmation of that so anything like they could be dead probably they could be off planet off somewhere else but then again why hasn't the mystics and the hysteries found them or they could be imprisoned under the mountains, which for me, something's under the mountain. Why couldn't it be a Daglin? Who knows? After all of this happens, we move into a term or a, an era of Perithian's history called the Age of Legends. We don't have courts yet. There's no ruling factors. Um, people are just kind of doing their own thing. They're trying to clean up the Daglin's mess. They're going after their master's former race or beings who remind them of that. Amran being one of them. And the Bone Carver, the Weaver, and Kashi are confined to their places and there is somewhat peace until some internal conflicts start happening finn rises up and is made high king but we don't know how long he we he rules as high king all we know is that after a thousand years of peace um he rises up it must not have been very long he must not have been high king for very long because rigula says that after a thousand years they opened up the 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 rifts the gates between worlds and a thousand years ago they slew his siblings So one, wait, one, hang on a second. How old was Finn? A thousand years. So he was there when they rose up. And then a thousand years later, he's high king. Was he crusty old dusty sitting on his (laughs) throne? How? Huh. I mean, a thousand years. That's not so bad. I guess Reese is like, what, five, almost, almost 600 years old. He's only 400 years older than Reese. So, I mean, Reese is what 30 30? 30-ish, looks 30-ish for human. So, I guess he, Finn could have been like 60, but still 60? How old How long did they live then? No, cuz he had to have been older than 60 cuz he could he, he wasn't an infant fighting off the Daglin. He he must have been a it's like somewhat a strapping man, like some muscle to him. So, he he must have been at least fair some basically considered like fully grown at 70 so he would have been he would have had to have been like i'm getting i'm getting whoa i'm it took me what 24 minutes how long is this I, i'm already feeling like i want to just <sighs> okay um i'm i i'm going to need to i'm making a note and i'm i'm going to think on that um wow how what changed? Because Lanthi says that magic was untethered at one point and now they're going to un- he wants to untether magic with Nesta. So maybe that has something to do with like the aging. Maybe- or maybe he was- I mean we don't really know what kind of fae Finn was. Like- Mmm. Mmm. I'm- my brain is braining. One year <laughs> one year before the Asteri open up and try to go to Perithian, um they tried to take Hell and failed. They find Midgard pretty much right away. Hell finds them a year later. So we don't know how long the rifts were open, um, between anything we don't know how Hell or how Ades and Thea met and how long they were together or known each other. And we don't know from when the rifts were open to when Thea died. We don't know when that happened either. But we do know that the war lasted about three years on Midgard. So from, well, three years from when they tried to overtake Hell. So the war and the gates and the rifts are shut by the end, before the end of 17,000 three ae and so the war the war didn't last long the rifts weren't open very long and so much happens in between that we know that at some point when that happens finn is killed thea has the star sword and the horn peleus aligns himself with the assyri he then kills thea then has her sword then has the horn and has helena then him and Napoleon fight. At the end of it, Peleus is hit with a fatal blow. Before he dies, he uses the horn to shut the rifts, the rifts specifically, and the horn is broken. What's interesting about that piece of information is that we don't know when the gates were shut relative to that. We know that the, the missing one foolish princess so one of Thea's missing daughter, one of Thea's daughters, shut the gates. We know that Apollyon learned how to go through the rifts from the Asteri's generals. So if the gates had been shut prior to the rifts being shut, Apollyon could have still battled Peleus with the gates being shut, but the rifts still being open. If the, does that make any sense? The princes of hell know how to go through, slip through the cracks. The Asteri know how to slip through the cracks, still do. Both still can, which is terrifying knowledge to think about. If you think about Regulus, Rigelus, knowing how to, like, peer through the inner workings of the cosmos, kind of like Maeve did. Oh, that's terrifying. Terrifying knowledge to have in the back of your head. And then the rifts shut. Pelle shuts the rifts, and then it's quiet. The Assyri are stuck on Midgard. They can't find any of their other siblings. Because they're looking for other siblings, not just the the Daglan, because they think the Daglin are dead, so that's not who they're looking for. So they're looking for other siblings, so there are other Asteria out in the world, and they can't find them for 15,000 years. For 15,000 years, the Fae are evolving on Midgard, the Fae are evolving on Perithian, and yet we still have some of the Fae on both places, we have some of the Fae in both worlds who speak Old Fae. The Autumn King still speaks Old Fae. Rhys has learned Old Fae. Um, We know that to throw a throne of glass in that Rowan speaks Old Fae and still writes in Old Fae. Maeve knows Old Fae. Like there's still that piece of information that's common between them and that kind of leads us right into what we talked about next in the podcast which was the conversation between realms, worlds, and the world. This word realms, the world's, and the word, the stack of pancakes, the syrup, and the butter. Now, since we talked about the realms, the worlds, and the word, that was back in September, in February of this year, one of the first few um, spoiler interviews since House of Sky and Breath came out with Sarah J. Mass um, through thebookseller.com. You can still find it up online, but we end up learning in Sarah's own words, because there was a lot of, um, questions between what's the difference between worlds and realms? Are there people who live on realms and some people who live on planets? Like what, like, what is the, what is the difference? And we went through all of the canon evidence every time that worlds and planets were mentioned. And we talked about every time realms were mentioned and we tried to, we tried to learn and try to break it down. And I had said that you know think the metaphor was a stack of pancakes the pancakes being planets and the 26 realms being the syrup and the word kind of being the butter that kind of melts between all like mixing all of them together so the the pancakes are stacked on top of each other and you can use the syrup and the butter to kind of go from one to the like I know it's it's not a great metaphor but it's the best one I could think of at the time and it's stuck and and now it's just a thing um that we just have okay I'm sure I could have came up with something better on the fly but I talk without using my brain sometimes and that's the best it did but since then in February of 2023 at the I don't know when you know you could be listening to this podcast episode far in the future who knows um Sarah had said I had planted seeds in all my series about the possibility of a being a multiverse the worlds exist but they are planets and light years away she goes on to say it has been years in the making thinking about how the worlds connect and how you can move between them and that's the realms the 26 realms that we get um more heavily um well we get there's always talks of realms and you know, whatever. But in Akasif we get a definite, there are 26 realms and there are 26 string to the harp. And one of these realms is time. So they're not planets. They're more of like physical, not physical, but like, they're not worlds, but they are things, time, seasons, um, space. That, that kind of stuff. Lanthi says that with the harp, you could rearrange the order of space and time. You could stop the seasons. You can even bet death bows to the final string, which was time. So you can pause time. You could probably go backwards. You could probably go forwards. Like, we've never seen the harp in its full use. Like, there's so much to it, and um, the realms are what you are able to use to manipulate to do those things. And then even since that spoiler interview came out, the Hosab, Hosab, the House of Flame and Shadow description, if you, like, go through on, on a listing for the pre-order page, it says, on a new world, like, she's very specifically said, like, there are planets, they're, they, like, you know, aliens, Bryce is an alien on Perithian, basically, which, at the time of this podcast coming out with what's going on, I mean, Apparently, the U.S. government is trying to confirm aliens. Who knows what's going on? But Bryce is that for us. Okay? Which, you know... <laughs> I was going to say, like, one of the, the things I've seen on, like, BookTok are the the, the uh, Ice Planet Barbarian girlies, the sci-fi romance girlies being like, aliens exist? Cool, where's my mate? Like, kind of thing. And now, I'm like, well, you know, maybe... Life imitates art <laughs> What am I trying to say? Bryce is an alien, she comes from a different planet, she's an extraterrestrial <laughs> uh, You know what is funny though? Every time I write Ailen's name my phone or used to, it's now since corrected. Whenever I try to write whenever I used to try to write Ailen, it would it would auto-correct to Alien, and now whenever I try to write alien, it auto-corrects to Ailen, which I think is hilarious. Um, that I've typed it so many times that it, it's I don't know, whatever so since then Sarah's confirmed different worlds different planets same universe and you can use realms to shorten these distances that the rifts are rips in the fabric of the word. The word is what binds these realms together so that it's not just a bunch of chaos in the universe. You know, the creator in the SJM world created planets and then it created realms and it created the world, the word, to bind all of it together. It's so hard to articulate that thought process and that is why i'm not actually a real teacher or i didn't go into like religion because it's so hard for me to articulate like these bigger apps abst- like i'm not a sign I, I i can't comprehend science basically because it's so hard for me to like regurgitate information that i'm given because it's so hard for my brain to be like to simplify things why do i have a podcast again why do you guys listen to me again i can't remember i don't even know and because we've learned about all these different worlds, we learned that hell is a planet. We learned, you know, Perithian's its own planet. sir is a planet. We know that um, there is ancient races of creatures that would bow to the horns' powers. We learn all this stuff. But what we also have always known, before even House of Sky and Breath, is that The Valg come from their own planet, and they came to Aurelia, a different planet, to uh, party, I guess. I mean, not really, but essentially, Maeve came to party. The Valg kings came to retrieve and then conquer, because, you know, when given the opportunity, why not enslave? I feel like that should just be every evil villain's slogan. They should have t-shirts made up. So yeah, w- that's, that's the fascinating thing about Sarah is like, I think that the, the if there's one thing that we should actually take away from this podcast and from the one year of specials and speculations, almost two years, close to two years of since House of Sky and Breath um, is that, you know, when she said in that interview, I had been planting seeds this whole time like homegirl meant it like even it's even if it was just a few seeds in the beginning you know Val come from a different planet yes there's you know word gates there are gates you know in throne of glass the first throne of glass book like there's still seeds and she like kept amping it up she kept dropping more like as time went on and then by the time she like had seen the vision of it coming together in Crescent City like by that time she'd already like been like okay I think eventually want them to come together but I'm not quite sure how then she had the idea of Bryce and she was like okay I see it now and then it like and then it amped up exponentially um and you can see that just with the just with the history of the vow you can see it and I just you know that's the best part about this podcast that's how much like, that's the 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 thing that I've gained and I probably wouldn't have you know maybe to some extent yes but to the deepest appreciation that I think a person can possibly have I would not have gotten without doing this podcast like I would have never gone quite as deep as I've done I wouldn't have learned so much about Greek and Roman myth I wouldn't have learned to dive into nouns and stuff like that like you guys have made me want to be the best that I can be for you and in doing that I have gained so much knowledge some from the real world some from this fake fantasy universe that you know I question why I know some things but I don't know things about the, like what is a what is an acre I could not tell you but I can tell you who has the biggest wingspan and yes it's Rowan and yes I have science to back it up i'm just kidding i don't know what an acre is but i do know the history of the valk you know like that's just stuff i know i could be like blackout drunk and you could ask me anything to do with like canon sjm and i probably could answer it as if i was stone cold sober i've never i don't get drunk but like if i did that you still could like anyways moving on back to the thing at hand with the valg we we learned about the valg and through the valg we learned more information about world powers and black blades and how you know with information we get in crescent city about the archangels and time warping and then seeing it happen in kingdom of ash we can start to learn far more about you know the powers that be in the sgm universe like not even just like just the mother you know throughout all three series but like maybe seeing other creatures that that were created maybe by the same beings which is terrifying to think that the mother created the good guys and the bad guys or that the mother and void created good guys and bad guys which is like weird but that is far too philosophical for this podcast so we're gonna just move on We don't talk super super in-depth about Throne of Glass and that's because we just don't know. I I wouldn't say it's not important because it is important. I think that Throne of Glass is the backbone knowledge to the SJM universe. It's all about the word marks. We learn a lot about power and depth of power that we don't get in the other series and I think that Throne of Glass is like, you know, I always tell people Actar first, Crescent City because of spoilers, Throne of Glass, because that's all your background knowledge. That's everything you're going to need to know about just, like, the SJM Dumb, I feel like, is through Throne of Glass. But we don't know how much of Throne of Glass is going to play in Hofas. We do know that while there is so many parallels to Akatar, and while Akatar is going to be pretty important to Crescent City... Crescent City isn't going to be super important to Akatar because Sarah said in that interview that I had mentioned earlier that she didn't want people to, ha- in in parentheses, have to read Crescent City to understand the future of Akatar, which I think was really awesome for her to tell us, um, not only for the people who are like, well, I just don't really care, and that's totally fine. I could not be that person, but I know that there are people who don't care. But I think it gives us really good parameters to be like, okay, how much theory can we go into? How mu- like, if, where does this, where is the line? Sarah gave us the line. If a character died in House of Flame and Shadow, if, say, Cassian died in House of Flame and Shadow, that would be pretty important for the future of Aquatar. If you just came in after, if you read, could you imagine reading A Court of Silver Flames, and then going to the next book, like, not having to wait or whatever, and then just be like, oh, Cassian's dead? Uh, (laughs) Like, stuff like that. Like, oh, a random redhead that came from another world is here? You would need to read Crescent City to understand. So, that's why I have parameters with Akatar. I understand it's the history of Akatar that's going to be important. It's the, the pieces in Akatar that are going to be important. I don't have those parameters with Throne of Glass because we have no idea what kind of wild card Sarah J Mass is going to throw at us in HoFass. Because I 100% believe that th- by the middle point of HoFass you'll understand how much of, Akatar, or of Throne of Glass is going to be important. Whether it's just learning word marks or if it's Vaughn is um, hanging out with the frat boys, the frat pack. Like, that's what kind of thing I'm looking for. So I can know. So, like, yes, we don't talk a ton about Throne of Glass. We have talked about the history. We've done k- chapter deep dives. We've talked about when Aelin felt that the world. Like, all of that's really important. But we just don't know to what extent of important that means. What am I trying to say? I should have done far more guidelines for myself. That's a highly glossed over um, version of everything we've talked about canonically on this podcast because I'm not going to go into every chapter deep dive we did. I'm not going to get into every single character deep dive we did because um, that would take longer than the hour that I typically try to allot myself So I want to move into, we did talk a lot of theories and I'm not, I can't, I cannot physically possibly go through every single theory I've ever said on this podcast or on my TikTok because I don't even know. I've said some truly outrageous things in my life. Um, and the more, I've said the most outrageous things since House of Sky and Breath have come out. But there are a few theories that I think, um, I I feel like if they aren't true, I will be so shocked. I won't be like upset. I won't I will never be mad if I'm wrong because like I'm almost expecting myself to be wrong in most ways, but there are a few things. Number 1, I really feel like time travel is going to play a significant part of somehow house of sky and breath not only has there been hints that reese can like see into the past you can't see my fingers but i'm like in putting them in parentheses or in quotations but we have the harp we have the time stuff but there's also this um piece of information um that i always go back to because i think it's one of those things that like really lingers with me going through crescent like from house of sky and breath that has always just made me go like what are you talking about sarah like there are a lot of times i've screamed sarah's name some of them in joy some of them in agony some of them um just like can you please explain more what do you mean you're just going to drop this piece of information and go on this is one of those times when bryce says like she they were falling through space time light and shadow her and hunt when they're doing the devil's tango playing hide the pickle just plowing straight through um pound town like there's this moment where she says like I wanted to stay in this place in this body as if she had another body to go to so like I think that's where the time travel thing is coming back up like we see that recent rune look identical I wonder if there's like we also know that Lydia looks identical to the Luna statues like she's always getting likened back to Luna so like I really wonder if somehow like reincarnations are coming into play I don't know how I, I'm not sure like exactly to what extent but that's where I think the time travel piece is coming into play is that if Bryce had another body if she was a reincarnation of her past self and when Hunt had filled her with his lightning and activated the horn and she was winnowing or using the horn for the first time she felt like she could go to a different place a different body a different point in time that she had already existed So that's what my favorite, like, one of the theories that I, I'm like, I'm not sure how it's going to happen. I don't know why. I'm not sure, like, where, what, and when, but I do think it's important. I do think it's going to happen is time travel. My second one that I think, you know, that we've talked about on this podcast, the bone carver being the sin eater. I refuse for that not to be canon. I literally will, like, I will close... I won't, really. That would be rude. If the author says something is true, I can't say it's not true. That is incredibly rude and is not respectful. But in my heart, I'll always be like, you were the truth god for me. But I really do think he is the truth god. So that's one of my... Ba- like, that's that's so... like. I forget. I I even forgot in this podcast episode that it's not true. Like, there are some things that I totally think are so true in my head just because, like, I've done so much research on them. I've talked so much about it that I, like, forget and I try not to do that because I want to be a person that you guys can trust for, like, for... I, I, I don't want you guys to ever think that I am trying to mislead you or... That what I'm saying isn't right. Like I always want to go back to canon. I always want you guys to like fact check me, and like I want you to always know that like one, it's for fun, and two that I want to st- I I want to stay as close to correctness as possible for so many reasons. um Number one, because I think it's the most fun. Number two, I f- feel like the closer you stay to the books, the closer you are to being right. Um, so you won't be disappointed. And number four, three, however many it's already been. Sarah's put so much effort into this. Like, the joy should be in her work because, like, there's so much she put in. There's so much she left for us to, to do. Like, even if you ignored theory, which I could never do because I think theories are fun. But, like, even if you didn't want to get into theory, like, you could spend two years just going through, like, this is the truth, this is canon, or going through all of her nouns and, like, learning the, the why she did the things that she did, or named something that the reason she named it. You could spend two years doing that. That's not even getting into theory. Like, oh, it's crazy. But there are theories that I love. <laughs> going back to what I was trying to say is this is just turning into a love letter to Sarah J. Maas, isn't it? Um, that's all this podcast is at the end of the day a love letter to Sarah J Mass and a love letter to you guys. But my favorite, favorite theories, Reese um, High Lord form being a word hound um, and those word hounds being the hounds that the Daglin had in the Wild Hunt. That's one of my favorite ones. I think that's one of the best ones I've done. Um, Gwen being the light singer. I, you know, at the, if that's not the truth, then I no. <laughs> Sarah really did. Really did. Um what what's the word I'm looking for? What's the She really wanted to pull pull a fast one on me. I think that's like there's just so many hints. Not even hints, but like she hit us over the head with some of that stuff and I'm like, so if it's not true, then uh she's going to be doing something I mean that would be amazing. That would be so cool. But like uh, if it's not true, then like she's going to do something far bigger and that I am more excited for. Like, that's the thing. Like, okay, me being wrong, I don't care. She's gonna do something far better than whatever I think of. Like, that's how I think. Like, she's gonna just, like, if she's gonna pull fast on me, great, because there's something bigger and better. Like, that's, like, oh, that's what I can't wait for. I am terrified. I I mean, I talk about it all the time. I'm terrified of House of Flame and Shadow. I am, like, not because of, like, I'm scared for the characters, but, like, we've, I've, I haven't gone a singular day since a few days before House of Sky and Breath came out that I haven't had my nose in SJM's book. Like, literally, like, there was, I spent one weekend where I didn't necessarily do any SJM work, but I was still talking theory to people. Like, my kindle they, they like tell like on the kindle app they'll tell you like how many days like how, what your streak is i'm literally haven't missed a day in two almost two years because every day i'm back in the kindle books like looking at a passage really quick or or, or searching up something and the the reason why i get scared for house of flame and shadow is one like will i be done like if it's, if, Hosa, if Hofas is going to be nonstop reveals, will she ask more, will she add more questions? Like, she's going to answer some things, but is she going to ask more things? Like, what, if the core trilogy is Bryson Hunt's story and then we get spinoffs, like, of Crescent City, like, how much of the m- multiverse are we done with? Like, that's my question. Like, am I going to be retired? i mean not really but like that's what i kind of think of like i don't know i don't know what i'm trying to say but like that's how i feel it's like that's why i'm scared because i'm like oh is it gonna be done are we done with all this fun i don't want to be done like i need a break don't get me wrong i love you guys i love this podcast i love sarah j mass but oof mama needs a nap (sighs) (laughs) Professor needs summer vacation. I understand teachers now. I'm not gonna lie. I need a a tiny break. My brain feels like, like, like mashed potatoes. (laughs) It's been a while since I've been in school, but like, I I now remember the feeling of like, when you get to the end of the year, you're like, okay, I'm done. My brain can't. I need a pause. That's where I'm at right now. So, and that's where I'm, like, I'm, I'm like, Hofass, like, uh, Rosie, who's been on this podcast, we had, you know, um, she's been on it twice, I love her, I'd love to have her again, um, her and Jennifer, actually, I would love to have them both again, because they may, they're, they're just so fun to talk to, um, but she was, like, what, what, what are you gonna do when you open up Hofass and there's two maps, like, one being Crest City Map, one being Perithian, and what if they're full maps? What what if it's not even a map? What if it's just like a picture of like a solar system or like galaxies? Uh, like, how am I supposed to survive that? How how am I supposed to like? I'm my my plan has always been go to the indie my local indie bookshop, pick up my copy, and then like you know how am I supposed to just walk? Like how am I supposed to not? I saw the cover and I literally felt like I was like gonna pass out. Like, just- just because, like, it's so important to me. I'm so excited that I- when I actually think about it, I malfunction. (laughs) Uh, Which is why I- I, you know, like, when I was talking about the, the timeline, like, I, I feel like it's so important for us to just, like, I want it to be second nature to know this stuff. is because, like, when I malfunction, I still want malfunctioned Lillian to be able to be, like, oh, yes, I remember now. Like, that's, you know, Amron was put into the prison after in the Age of Legends. Like, I just want to, I want to have that stuff so down pat. That when I malfunction and, like, have a mental, like, I don't think I'm going to be, like, I'm going to be reading the book and I'm going to be screaming. But, like, 90% of it I'm probably not going to be able to process just because of, like, (gasps) (sighs) scream, 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 scream. So, yeah. So, we did canon. We did theories. We did... We've done so much, but one of the other things that we did on this podcast is we talked about myths, and we talked about where Sarah gets her inspiration, and I don't know about you, but sometimes it's hard. I wouldn't say it's hard. Um, It's hard if you don't already have like a natural Longing to learn these things about, you know, folklore or about, you know, ancient history, it's gonna be hard. It can be hard to be like, why would I want to learn this? And I think what's really cool is that Sarah has made me want to understand, want to learn, if only to understand what she's writing. You know what I mean? And while I've always had a, a love of Norse mythology, I have learned so much about like Greek and Roman. I've learned so much about Celtic myth, I've learned so much about Arthurian legend, and I feel like I just appreciate her for giving me that joy. I learned so much about stars and constellations, the sun is a star, the Asteria had the power of the star, The you know, do the the Asteria have the power of the sun, which is what Bryce literally says the sun is a star in HOSAB, somebody pointed it out to me. And like, every time I think about it, I laugh because that one piece of information kind of like just, you know, but because of Sarah, I, you know, I remembered the sun is a star. Like I just, she's given me such an appreciation, not just for the fact that through Sarah J. Mass and through tabbing and through deep diving, I have learned to appreciate authors writing and just the process of creating something so Magical and it's giving me an appreciation for other authors and for every book I read, I can just see the work that has gone into it, whether subconsciously or knowingly. But she's also given me appreciation for the outside world. She's also given me a huge you know community to be a part of and to be excited with. I talked about it last week, like when that cover had come out, like just I could just feel the energy that we had in our community, and, like, she's given me that, and she's given me you guys and my friends, and it's just, like, ah, one year this podcast, and I'm just, like, I'm more in love than I was before. I'm more into it, and in, in the, like, I thought I was deep then. I'm deeper now, and I just... I just love it. I I really just love it. I loved every moment of being able to scream Sarah's name. I loved how even in this episode, I had a moment where like my brain went, hey, hang on, how old was Finn? You know, like, it's just things like that. Like, it doesn't matter how many times we've gone through this stuff. Like, there's still more. There's still more. (sighs) So, yeah, I don't know what this episode was. I don't know what it was. I'm happy it happened though because it was fun for me. And I think at the end of the day I have to continue to cling to that because it's fun. I'm talking about something that I love and whether or not some episodes are sent for some people or whether or not um you know, I I my biggest fear is that I'm not going to be able to cover everything. And at some point I have to just be like I'm going to miss things and that's okay. I'm doing my best and we're having fun and that's the most important piece. I'm doing my best and we're having fun and the second it stops being fun the second it, I stop being my best. And so yeah, I just I don't know what this podcast episode was going to be. Technically, I didn't even need to do one today. Um last week was 52, uh, episode 52. And today was supposed to just be like the actual one year, which I don't know how that makes any sense, but I, I, there are 52 episodes of, as of last week, even though this week is the one year. I don't know how that works. Maybe it's just rollover times. I can't, I don't know. Time is a circle. Um, but yeah, I just want to, I want to close out. I want, I wanted to, I wanted, I wanted to come full circle, you know? but you can't really f- come full circle on a podcast other than like just doing a review. And I know I say it every every week. I always thank you guys for being with me. I always just um I hope I always wish you guys a good week and uh I think that's just where I want to end it. I just want to say thank you. Congratulations on going a whole year with me. Um 52 classes, I guess, of SJM 101. And I really hope you have a good, you know, little summer break. Um, I will be next week, there will be nothing. I am not recording for one full week. And because I, I record weekly, a week in advance every week. Um, but I will be recording zero things. There will be nothing. And then the week after that, I'm going to record, um, for sure, I'm going to record my reading journey, which is just going to be a really personal, a very podcasty podcast episode. Um, We're just going to talk about my reading journey and my love for reading. And then um, we're going to do another episode that's kind of like an, an intermediate episode. So there'll be two episodes in between. So one full break, two episodes, and then another full break, and then we'll be back to SJM 101, season two. Thank you so much. And I hope, when does this episode come out? It comes out uh, the 2nd, or the 1st of August, and that would mean, as of the recording, or the day that this recording comes out, there'll be five months and 20 eight days. And that means, that means there's going to be 26 weeks until House of Flame and Shadow, plus the few weeks that we take off. So we'll be doing like 22 episodes before House of Flame and Shadow comes out. So we're going to be we are going to be going. Like, we got things that we need to talk about, you know? There's still so much left to talk about, and I just want, I want to get us all as prepared for House of Flame and Shadow as humanely possible, as, as, as possible as it can be, which I don't think there's a lot of preparation, because it's just going to be insanity. So, ah! Okay, I'm gonna, I, I just need, I'm like, I I'm keep putting off ending it. I just keep putting off saying goodbye, because I just, <laughs> once I, once I hit that button, I'm probably gonna cry. <laughs> not, not because I'm sad, not for any reason other than, like, I just, I feel really accomplished, which is so bizarre. Like, we're not even done. It's not even a real, it's not a real ending, but I'm still, ugh thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a fantastic week, two weeks, and I am going to see you again very soon. Thank you so much. I'm going to say it. I'm just going to say it. I'm going to say it and then I'm going to hit the button and then we're just going to be done. Okay. Uh, (laughs) I'm so sorry for dragging this out. I swear. I don't know why I'm, I don't know why. Okay. Okay. Goodbye.